Hey, greetings, everyone. Welcome back to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. And this Steadfast and Loyal monologue is sponsored by the United States Concealed Carry Association. The United States Concealed Carry Association literally helps to save lives. And let me explain. The USCCA is a membership association that provides self-defense, education, training, and peace of mind to over 500,000 responsibly, keyword, armed Americans nationwide. Click learn more below right now if you're ready to start your journey as one of them. And when you think about what is happening on our streets today, you need to be one of those responsibly armed Americans. And you need to have an organization that will protect you as you protect yourself, your life, your liberty, your family, and your property. Which brings me to the topic of this monologue. And, and as y'all see, I mean, there's you know, no bunch of notes or anything there. There's no teleprompters here. It's just me having a conversation with you. And right now, the left is losing their mind. Because the recent election in Italy, where I had my first tour of duty as a young airborne lieutenant in Vicenza, Italy. And I just want to say congratulations to the new prime minister of Italy, Georgia, Meloni. Just the same as congratulations to the new prime minister there in England. Congratulations to the new leadership there in Sweden. Because what we see happening in these European countries that had bought into this progressive socialism mantra for so long, they're starting to realize that they were taking down the road to perdition. People want to be free. People don't want to be ruled by edicts, orders, mandates, and decrees. People don't want to be locked down. People don't want to be part of a larger global ideological agenda. You know, winter is coming in Europe. And how interesting it is that in Europe, all of a sudden, you have people, such as in Germany, and you can check my facts on this, who are actually going out into the woods and chopping wood so they can warm themselves. Will that be coming to the United States of America as we go into winter and heating oil is going to be increasing? As a matter of fact, we have already seen an increase once again in gasoline prices. But how does the progressive socialist left, the Marxists, how do they respond to this? Well, this is just a return to fascism. These right-wing people, these extremists, these people that believe in individual liberties and freedom, how dare they stand up and oppose us? That's the whole point of the real fascism. See, I remember as a kid growing up in the inner city of Atlanta, Georgia, you always had those instigators out there. You always had the people that were pointing their fingers and calling you such and such and whatever. When really the fingers should have been pointed back at themselves. And when I think about the left in America and how everything is fascist. And how the president stood up there and basically condemned 70 to 80 million Americans that didn't vote for him. It's fascist. An extremist. No, 
we don't have to agree with an ideological agenda that are putting us on the brink of stagflation. That means we will have inflation and no economic growth. As a matter of fact, the Georgia, the Atlanta Fed has come out and said that we're probably going to see 0.2% GDP growth for this year. Maybe next year we'll get to 1.2%. But yet government spending as part of our GDP is off the chart. We talked about this Inflation Reduction Act and how it really has nothing to do with lower inflation. As a matter of fact, core inflation is increasing. That means the energy prices and the food commodity prices. But yet they had a celebration in the White House on the same day that the stock market tanked some 1,200 points. Think about what that did to your 401k, your investment accounts. But yet they're doing a celebration about that. And if you stand up and you speak against that, now all of a sudden you're an extremist, you're a fascist. And oh, by the way, stop telling me that we who are speaking out, we are threats to democracy. You got a person running for governor in my birth state, Stacey Abrams, who still has not conceded the race that she lost four years ago. She still believes that she's the governor. You had people when Donald Trump won in 2016 saying that he was illegitimate. And, oh, by the way, think about the protests that happened on Donald Trump's inauguration day, the, the burnings of vehicles and the bursting of storefront windows. Think about how not too long after there was this women's march in Washington, D.C., Madonna steps up to the stage and talks about how she has dreamt or thought about blowing up the White House. (laughs) I guess that ain't extreme. In 2020, we had judges, we had secretaries of state, we had governors changing election law. That's a threat to democracy. You know why? Because that's not within their enumerated power to do so. The only people that can change law or make law, last time I checked, according to the Constitution and and this representative democracy that we have is the legislative branch. But yet me saying something about that means that I'm an extremist and a threat to democracy. See, the progressive socialist left has nothing in their kit bag. The socialists and the Marxists have nothing in their kit bag. The only thing they have is fear-mongering, creating an intimidation, threats, coercion, all these things, and ultimately violence. Now, when a bunch of folks clad in black, wearing masks and hoodies so you cannot see them, oh, by the way, in the combat zone, we call them the Taliban. But here in the United States of America, Antifa, they're absolutely fine. No, they're not a domestic terrorist organization. But parents who show up at school board meetings saying that I have a right to talk about whether or not my child is being properly educated. They're the domestic terrorists. They're the extremists. See, the whole point of what is happening is that the progressive socialist left is is finding out that people now see them for who they are. They see the failures. I mean, gasoline prices were down close to $2, and now the average gasoline prices across the United States of America is $3.72. Still pretty high. 
the inflation that is out there right now. Joe Biden came in the office. Inflation was between 1.4 and 1.6 percent. Now we have topped 9.1 percent. Yeah, we're back down to 8.5 percent. But again, the core inflation rate is still very high. It's very hot. But to speak against that makes me an extremist. To acknowledge that makes me a threat to democracy. To stand up and say that I want to be able to arm myself, which is a numerated right to me as a citizen in the United States of America, constitutional right, the Second Amendment, which says a well-regulated militia, militia being necessary, being necessary, being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. See, the left has all of these ideological rights based upon their agenda that they think that they can grant. But yet when it comes to your constitutional rights that you have right there before you, eh, if they're not aligned with our ideological rights, they don't exist. And the party who now all of a sudden is trying to say that we love the police, we stand with the thin blue line. When a while ago people were calling the thin blue line a symbol of white supremacy and racism. Well, they still do, but they're trying to be the wolves in sheep's clothing and make you believe that they do support law enforcement. And oh, by the way, it was those mean extremist Republicans that don't support law enforcement. But yet, who are the ones that came up with the legislation, these bail reform laws? They're releasing violent criminals back out into the streets. It's you guys. That's pretty extreme when you're releasing violent criminals, felony offense criminals back onto the streets. And oh, by the way, how is it that a guy can run over a teenager in North Dakota and say that me and my car, a big burly adult, I was afraid of him because he was a Republican extremist. So I ran him over my car. Now, if I were to run over a black-clad Antifa member and kill them, oh, the left would go crazy. Oh, as a matter of fact, something similar to that happened down in Austin, Texas. When one of these radical leftists, Antifa members, BLM supporters, whatever, came up to a member of the United States military, an army sergeant, and pointed his rifle at him in his car. Bad decision, dude, because that combat veteran, Army sergeant, took out his handgun, which the Second Amendment says that he's able to have, remember, being necessary to the security of a free state, meaning himself, very first and only right that you have is your life. He protected himself, and he shot and killed that individual. Boy, the left went crazy. Down there in the city of Austin, even though he reported himself to the police and explained exactly what he did. They went after him. But yet, you can run down an 18-year-old kid unarmed in North Dakota and invoke the words of President Biden that he was a MAGA extremist. So therefore, he deserved to be run over by me, a big burly man in my I guess, truck. And what happens? 
$50,000 bail. You get to go home. And he pleads out that I should go home because I have a house and I have a family and everything. The 18-year-old kid is dead. What, 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 what threat did he bring against him? Because he was on the phone calling his mama, asking why is this person assaulting, assailing, and attacking him? Zip, peep from the left. But to talk about that and to express angst and, and, and anger about this complete hypocrisy, now I'm an extremist. I'm a threat to democracy. Talk about hypocrisy and extremism. The people that say we're a sanctuary city, we're a sanctuary state, well, here's some illegal immigrants. We don't want them. We only want the illegal immigrants when we dictate the reason why we should have the illegal immigrants. And, oh, by the way, if you send illegal immigrants to us, you're aiding and abetting human trafficking. But when we do it, President Biden putting illegals in airplanes, middle of the night, no security checks whatsoever. They can even use their arrest warrants as identification. They're landing in Westchester County, New York. They're landing in Nashville, Tennessee. They're landing in Jacksonville, Florida. They're landing all over the place in the United States of America or being bused. That's fine. See, that's why Miss Maloney won in Italy. That's why a conservative won in Hungary. That's why you have a conservative prime minister now in England that's talking about tax cuts and drilling for oil and energy resources. That's why Sweden, who opened up their borders and allowed more immigrants into that country, and now all of a sudden the Swedish people are the bad people? <laughs> they don't want that. But they're the right-wing fascist extremists now. See, what we need to do is find our courage and understand that all the left has is to denigrate, disparage, and demean you, to attack you personally, which is what Saul Alinsky and his Rules for Radicals are all about. They don't want to talk about the issues. Heck, even Jin Psaki admitted that on the Sunday news programs, that if this election, this midterm election, can be about extremism, then Democrats will win. Define extremism, Ms. Psaki. Because I think it's pretty extreme when you're allowing violent criminals back onto the streets. I think it's pretty extreme when you take America from being energy independent to being energy dependent. When you have drained our strategic petroleum reserve to the lowest level since 1984. And oh, by the way, you're selling some of our strategic petroleum reserves to China. And why is that? I think it's pretty extreme when you open up our borders and now we have a drug, human, and sex trafficking pandemic in the United States of America. I think it's extreme when all of a sudden in this administration we've got 3 million people here illegally, 800 to 900,000 gotaways we don't know anything about. And the body bags continue to pile up under this administration because fentanyl is the number one killer of Americans from 18 to 45 years of age, over 100,000. More Americans have lost their lives to fentanyl in the Obama administration. That's more than the Korean and Vietnam War losses, KIAs combined. That's extremists. 
But what Ms. Saki did admit was that if this becomes about the issues, then the Democrats lose. What an epiphany. What a complete revelation of how they think. And that's the reason why they're out there saying the things that they're saying. And oh, by the way, all of a sudden, not just that the left is saying that we embrace the police now. Now, all of a sudden, we got Robert Francis Bozo O'Rourke here in Texas saying that Joe Biden should come down here and go eyeball to eyeball with people and talk about this border issue. Tim Ryan up there in Ohio. We need to do something about this border issue. Joe Manchin, we need to come together and do something about this border issue. Oh, how many days are we from the midterm election, early voting starting? Now, all of a sudden, illegal immigration is an issue for them. See, I want us to start seeing the left for who they are. You know, I was listening to Bill Maher. I know that some people say you actually were watching Bill. You know, sometimes you got to listen to the other side. And when he asked, what is the reason, you know, what do Republicans love the country for? Because once again, he's bought into this line that Republicans hate democracy. America is not a democracy. And Senator Lee was correct, Mr. Maher. America is a constitutional republic. If you don't understand that, I'm happy to come on your show one day and explain it to you. But we have a process by which we elect our representatives. It's a representative democracy. That's how we get our elected officials. But Bill Maher asked the questions, what do Republicans love about this country? That's really easy for me to answer. What I love about this country is that it says that no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, that here in the United States of America, we have an equality of opportunity that says a kid even born 61 years ago in a blacks-only hospital can grow up and command a battalion in combat in the United States Army when his dad was just a corporal in a segregated United States Army when he fought in World War II. A kid born in a blacks-only hospital in Atlanta, Georgia, can grow up and become a member of the United States House of Representatives the second black Republican from Florida since Reconstruction. And, oh, by the way, represent the highest per capita income zip code in the United States of America at that time, Palm Beach Island. Constituents like Rush Limbaugh and Coulter. See, that's what I love about America. We don't need a lesson in equality of outcomes, which is really what this whole equity thing is about. It's the forcing upon us of equality of outcomes, saying that someone else gets to determine this whole social egalitarianism. Everyone is equal. We don't even celebrate valedictorians and salutatorians in some schools anymore. Everybody has to be a C student. Everybody has to be at the same level. That's what socialism is all about. Winston Churchill said that it's the equal sharing of misery. The people in England don't want the equal sharing of misery. The people in Hungary don't want the equal sharing of misery. Sweden, Italy, and the United States of America, we don't want the equal sharing of misery. There's a reason why people leave in Venezuela. Folks really don't like to go and have a five-course meal from a dumpster. One of the most prosperous nations in the Western Hemisphere. People are now going to dumpsters to find something to eat. And the left just championed and loved old Hugo Chavez. 2008, Columbia, Missouri. 
Barack Obama talked about we're five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. We don't like this fundamental transformation. And it was so funny to hear Gavin Newsom come here to Texas to speak at the Texas Tribune Fest. And oh, by the way, Gavin Newsom flew into Texas when he has a ban on coming to Texas for state employees. But yeah, he came here. Talk about hypocrisy, not just the French laundry, but that also. But really, this guy is a front runner for y'all to be a future leader of this country? Really? You don't think it's extreme to say that you would like for the United States of America to look like California? We'll be back after a quick break. Hi, I'm Kent Charnig, and I'm the founder of El Paso County, Colorado Progressive Veterans. Don't worry, we're not crazy tree huggers, but we do have an amazing podcast talking about nothing but the military and veterans. Please check us out, epccpv.org. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Hmm. Austin, Texas kind of looks like San Francisco already. All the major urban population centers in the United States of America are failures. The crime rates, the murder rates, the lack of good quality education opportunities, economic opportunities, the breakdown of the families, all of these things. In the state of California now, they're talking about giving IDs to people that are here illegally. They can already get driver's license. I believe they're allowed to vote in local municipal elections, people that are here illegally. It's a violation of our rule of law. But that's what we want America to look like? No. So I don't care about being called an extremist. I don't care that Joe Biden believes that my skin color should dictate my electoral patronage. I can think for myself, Mr. Biden. I'm not part of some groupthink based upon my pigmentation. And if you want to castigate me as not being black, it's just the same as all of a sudden now, Hispanic Americans who are starting to wake up and saying, we don't want to see what has happened to the black brothers and sisters happen to our Hispanic community. We don't believe in breaking down the family. We believe in our Judeo-Christian faith heritage. As a matter of fact, it's Hispanic Heritage Month right now. They believe in secure borders. They believe in the American dream. But now what is being said about Hispanics that are moving toward conservatism, just the same as Italy has done? According to the infamous Sonny Hostin, I think that's her name from The View, they're voting against their own interests. So in other words, they're extremists. And they're radicals, what have you. They're a threat. Not a threat to democracy. They're a threat to the one-party rule of the progressive socialist Marxist left. So here's the deal. Continue to call us names all the way up to the polls close on November the 8th. Because when the results come out, you will see once again that your strategy failed, just as it did a year ago in Virginia. 
where you came out and you targeted and went after parents who believe in educational freedom, who believe that in parental rights, because that's their child. It is not the child of the government. It's not the child of a global elite. It's their child. They don't want their children indoctrinated. They want their children educated. And if you're not going to do it, then they're going to show up at school board meetings. They're going to run for school board. And they're going to replace you. You can call them domestic terrorists. You can call them extremists. You can call them threats to democracy. You can say whatever you want. But when they get into that booth and they close that curtain, they start punching. They ain't going to punch for y'all. Because they're going to punch for liberty and freedom, individual rights, for their own pursuit of happiness. But if you want to continue to go down this path of believing that you can fear monger us, nah, we're Americans, man. All you're going to do is cause us to dig our heels in. So you can go out and have another one of those weird speeches from Independence Hall, Constitutional Hall with the freaky looking background and Mr. Biden and to y'all in the left, if you have not gone on a lot of the military emails, serve lists and, and chat rooms, they really weren't keen about those Marines standing back there behind you. Secret service agents. Okay. To protect you, but Marines, I mean, you want to talk about fascists. You want to talk about, if you don't conform to our agenda, we will destroy you. Threatening Americans with F-15s? Who does that, man? Or should I say, come on, man. This is serious business right now in the United States of America. This is serious business all over the world. And people are awakening. Because people want to be free. They don't want to be locked down, locked in. They don't want their children abused. They don't want drag queen story hour, drag queen bingo, drag queen, all of this kind of foolishness that has just all of a sudden popped up out of the place. They want their children protected. And if that means you're an extremist, then so be it. We're on an ideological battleground. And as I've said before, I will do everything within my power to honor the oath that I took on 31 July 1982 to support and defend the Constitution of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and to bear true faith and allegiance to the same. Unlike you, I don't hate you. I don't like you because you're trying to destroy the thing that I love. And that's the longest running constitutional republic that the world has ever known. So here at the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast, we're going to continue to tell you the truth. We're going to continue to have guests on that help you to be better informed, better educated, and therefore better activated. And regardless of what happens in this midterm election cycle, we're going to continue to be the watchman on the wall to make sure that you are better informed, better educated, and better activated. Because I really don't care about political parties anymore. I care about philosophies of governance. 
constitutional conservatism, classical liberalism, I support that. Postmodern liberalism, progressivism, socialism, Marxism, communism, I do not support that. Anything that is anathema and the antithesis of who we are and our rule of law, I will not support that. I don't hate you all that embrace the other side. But I will do everything to make sure that you're defeated. Because in defeating you, I'm really serving you and protecting you from yourself. Because for whatever reason, you're too stuck on stupid to realize that what you believe in is a failure. That's what Winston Churchill calls socialism, a philosophy of failure, a creed of ignorance. And I will not be subject to a creed of ignorance. So buckle up. We're in for a long ride. But calling us names does not mean that we will ever back down. As Tom Petty said, You can stand me up at the gates of hell, but I'll stand my ground, and I won't back down. God bless you all, steadfast and loyal. Before they burn it down.